This is WLRN News. I'm Rowan Moore-Garrity. When children survive gun violence, if gunfire hits relatives, friends, or young people themselves, that trauma often shows up in school. Now, we'll take a look at how schools respond. Marty McGuire has spent 20 years as a counselor at alternative schools in Miami-Dade. The one thing that I've noticed that is a common thread with all these at-risk kids is that they almost all have witnessed or um, known somebody who has died by gun violence. And when that kind of trauma ripples through the community, what does it do to a kid to see their brother shot right in front of them, to see problems handled with violence? She's seen that harden kids, make them numb. Sharon Krantz oversees counseling for all 400 Miami-Dade County public schools. She says after a student or someone close to them gets shot, they might have trouble sleeping or paying attention in class. They might miss school altogether. Many of the students, when they come back to school, really just want to go back to their normal school routine. That is something they have control over. They feel safe in school. So sometimes they don't really want to deal with some of those other things. They want to go back to the normalcy of school. Counselors are there to keep an eye on students or help them get support outside school, dealing with insurance or transportation, or convincing teenagers it's okay to talk to someone. But that doesn't always work. Counselors WLRN spoke to say most of the students they refer to outside agencies don't actually end up getting help. Krantz insists the district works hard to find solutions. Students can sometimes meet with an outside therapist in the cafeteria or on a school patio. Any type of mental health issue is kind of scary, has a negative stigma, so I think we, we really try to just make it more supportive and, right. and kind of demystify it. School funding has been squeezed around the country since the recession. In Miami-Dade schools, staff known as trust specialists have done a lot of the individual and group counseling over the years. In the last two years, they've been cut from 48 to 30 district-wide. The district doesn't keep track of how many students each trust specialist sees. Their caseload is based on need. Teachers like Tan Mitchell say that need can be overwhelming. The little bit of training we got probably two years ago that said, oh, if you see a kid that is not ordinarily, you know, they're not themselves, you know, then... That's a lot. That would be the majority of the student body. Mitchell teaches ninth graders at Miami Central High School. The trust specialist there is Mr. White. He's responsible for the whole school. How do I know when it's gone to a point past? I need to vent. I just need to express myself. I'd be calling Mr. White probably all day, every day. Sharon Krantz, the person in charge of counseling for the district, She says the key question is whether trauma is interfering with a student's ability to do well in school. But for kids who've been exposed to violence again and again, how could it not? I think the parents, everyone who lives in this world now that's more violent and scarier, I think we all deal with it in our own ways, right? So yeah, it might affect everyone and maybe there's a higher level of stress or I mean, it's just the reality and the, the world we live in. So we, we have to try to help kids cope with that. Off the record, staff in a position to help kids cope say they feel stretched. Many social workers cover four different schools compared to just one or two a decade ago. School counselors, who are in the building every day, juggle emotional support with keeping track of grades for 500 students at a time. That much is true around the state. 
Florida has one of the highest ratios of students to counselors anywhere in the country. Obviously, you know, you have caseloads that are large, but you have to prioritize and you have to make sure that you're using your time with students to address all the social emotional needs of kids because we don't have the luxury of having a specialized counselor who just did that like in the old days. Psychologist Frank Zanieri leads the crisis team that intervenes when a principal asks for help after a tragedy. They usually visit schools for a day or two at a time. Just like physical triage, you prioritize who needs immediate treatment and perhaps who doesn't need that immediate response but needs attention nonetheless. Non-fatal shootings seldom spur an intervention. School records show the crisis team responded to three gun-related incidents affecting public school students over the course of the last school year. That's a period when dozens of kids in Dade County got shot, though no one knows how many of them attended public schools at the time. We always go when requested. And again, we're only as good as the notification process. Sometimes we're not told, to be honest with you, of certain types of things that may occur. This problem is not unique to the Miami-Dade School District. No agency tracks youth gun violence systematically, or what happens to the nearly 9 out of 10 kids who survive gunshots when they make it to the ER. In 2015, when the superintendent asked for data on the number of shootings targeting school-age kids that year, school police had to call more than 30 law enforcement agencies all over the county to come up with an estimate. They found 19 kids had died. 60 were shot and survived. Superintendent Alberto Carvalho has become one of the most prominent voices about the impacts of gun violence in Miami-Dade. He speaks out on Twitter and comforts grieving parents. WLRN sent more than a dozen requests over the past three months to speak with the superintendent for this project. He is yet to agree to an interview. Here's Carvalho at a press conference with the mother of Brian Herrera, who was murdered as a 16-year-old in 2012. I am heartbroken. I'm at my wit's end, and I... I, uh... I don't know anymore how to hug you, and I've hugged you one time too many, but, but it seems almost inconsequential because there's nothing I can do to bring him back. But there's so much many people can do to prevent and avoid the next Brian. The school district has gotten grants over the last few years to boost security and reduce conflict on campus. Programs like Project Prevent, Campus Shield, and Sandy Hook Promise. This summer, a week after 8-year-old Jada Page was killed, Carvalho was among county leaders who unveiled a partnership called Together for Children, aimed at preventing youth gun violence. We're here because we have been able to finally understand who are the children at greatest risk, who have not yet broken the law, who have not yet had interaction with law enforcement, but if we do not intervene aggressively, more than likely they shall. Lots of kids affected by gun violence are just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But for those who are targeted, Counselor Marty McGuire says it can seem like there's a rip current pulling them into the streets. McGuire now works with kids who have been arrested. They're emboldened by being bad. And they get kudos, they get applause, they get noticed, they get something that they don't get in school. The groups that make up Together for Children have been holding a series of community meetings. Part of that is to get input on how to spend millions of dollars in county funds in neighborhoods with high rates of violence. The schools didn't create the violence they're called to respond to, but they have to find ways to help their students survive. I'm Rowan Morgarity in Miami. This is WLRN News.